0: Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict, and I need it in my veins I'm an addict, otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me singing got up But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum it's so what it cost, i just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, Not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse all you want Train your church, but I'ma keep tapping with turn I win up, I learn. I ain't trying to burn any bridges. I yearn for the feeling I earn. I'ma win a to turn. You had a cheek before I drop you like the beat I'm what? an addict, and I'm not really ashamed. I'm an addict. I'm a climber with the brain. I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing. I'm an addict.
1: Russell Rocky.
0: Other names. Trade at x Let's go.
1: I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem.
2: And I'm Zach Reed, and I have a trading problem.
0: And I'm Brian Hartman, and yes, I as well have a trading problem. Happy to be here, though. 15 days clean, you know, clean and sober, working the steps. I was the kind of guy that would, uh, you know, I'd steal a fourth-round pick for my mother just to make a trade. But you know what? This is, uh, it's helping me. I'm glad we have time to get together here, guys.
1: This is, this is a safe space. You are, <laughs> relapses, okay. You'll, you will see I have one, two, three relapses this week. Hey, that's it's how we work it. That's how we get there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to session 276 of the Trade Addicts Podcast. A brout, proud, even, member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. And we all just did. And it's, 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 it's here. It's football. It is. I didn't watch Thursday because I chose Thursday to fall asleep at eight o'clock. <laughs> I wasn't sad. Don't get me wrong. I got like 10 hours of sleep and it was glorious, but I missed. Rub it in. Why don't you? I missed like division three football, I guess. <laughs> um, but it doesn't matter. Cause it's real. It's here camp things are starting to matter the fluff pieces are flying and i love it and i think we had the question last week on the show but it's like you know which of these pieces do you take seriously like what kind of information from these articles and my answer was well if they agree with what i think then they're absolutely right and if they don't it's just a fluff and it doesn't matter and i i'm riding so high on like the laporta news and you know thank you zach um And like a couple of, and like, oh, seeing Justin Ross catch the ball is just, oh, my heart is melting. Um, You are setting yourself up for disappointment, aren't you? Never. (laughs) Shut up. Um, (laughs) Hashtag T Clemson, big wide receiver. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just don't, don't. Come on. It's early, Brian. Don't ruin this already. (laughs) Don't. All right. But okay, so let's go. Let's go. We have our little, little interviewee thing with people who haven't been on the show before. And Brian, you have not been on the show before, though. We have had a dude named Brian on this show. A lot and for a very long time, but that's not you. So, not the Brian, though. First, why don't you let people know who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do?
0: Ooh, well, uh, if you're looking for something great, hard hitting stuff, really smart stuff, I'm gonna keep looking. But if you're looking to have a good time, I'm usually uh, right around there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Too Much Brian. There's an underscore in there somewhere Too Much underscore, Brian. There we go glad somebody can get it right i sure can't (laughs) but uh yeah i just came into the space uh within the last like 18 months uh trying to have some fun with fantasy football i do have a fantasy football podcast too much fantasy football Uh, but it doesn't stop there because god i'm obsessed with uh, many things movie being one of them i've got too much movie night uh you're looking for a little comedy i've got too much shenanigans and yes we just kicked off our fourth podcast last week Uh, if you're looking for a little trash TV, we've got too much trash TV where we're starting off big brother. We're heading up all those episodes and we've got survivor. You know, I just football season doesn't keep me busy enough with the hundreds of games we have to watch. So I, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment, looking for more,
1: but, uh, yeah. All right. So you like to do stuff. That's good to hear. Um, but how long have you been playing fantasy football for?
0: Ah, uh, shit. I probably... St- Ooh, yep,
1: already. There's my first one. <laughs> I, I told you that's fine. Just keep it going. Keep it going. The, the more you talk about it, the more awkward it is.
0: For sure. I, yeah, I'm a big fan of awkward, you know. Paul Rudd, he's got a special place in my heart. Uh, but yeah, I started fantasy football probably I was middle school when I first learned about it. found myself bored as hell sitting in a uh, music theory class. I'm not musically inclined at all I was sitting there making like top 10 lists of my favorite like running backs and wide receivers and literally this kid next to me goes hey he hands me this book and it's like one of those first like fantasy football guides where it's all printed out and I I think I dropped an oyster in my short right, shorts right there I just fell in love with it these just the analytics of it the the numbers the players and that's where I learned fantasy football so uh, yeah here in my early 30s been playing for almost 20 years now and I that's why I'm here. I've got a problem. I've got a problem, guys. I love it. When did
1: you find your way into Dynasty?
0: Actually, uh, so I've got a home league that we've been rocking, I guess, about a decade now. But they are invested as far as redraft goes. I've never been able to find like a group of guys to do a Dynasty league. So um, I joined my first one last offseason. Uh, made the mistake of joining some industry leagues with uh, sharks, if you will. And holy shit, if uh, you're talking about putting the training wheels on a league, these guys had something to say about every move I made, every draft pick I made, every trade. And I'm still in those leagues, still trying to learn. But uh, yeah, definitely joined like five or six of them just a couple of years ago, trying to learn, trying to jump into it. Because when I heard you can talk fantasy football for a year straight, make trades in the offseason,
1: woo! Talking about going from six to midnight, I was excited. Yes, that's what I like to hear. But also, speaking of, man, what are some of the best and worst trades you've made over your time in Dynasty?
0: Um, so I think my worst trade I made was probably my first trade. Uh, like I said, jumped in Love the it. league last year. And um, I had, like the seventh or eighth pick in the startup draft. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing like two guys trade into the first round. And, like, they're walking away with it's a super flex league, so they've got a quarterback and then Justin Jefferson and a quarterback and, like, A.J. Brown. I'm like, that looks great. I want to do that too. Like, I'm trading, giving away, like, a fir, you know future first and, like, a fourth or and a fifth. <laughs> this dumbass. Go ahead and put the sign on me here. I uh, took a quarterback, loving me some Justin Herbert in the first round, and then I traded up for um, Javante Williams in the second round. I was still learning about running backs value in dynasty and uh, yeah, I gave away a top six rookie pick to move up for your uh, old ACL Javante Williams last year. So still kicking myself, but growing pains, you know,
1: I mean, but that's only terrible because you know, at the mm. time that's not terrible. So I don't allow it. I don't allow you to be upset with yourself for that because the truth is you never look back at what happens after you trade, especially with picks. Like, you know, Zach, our buddy Trader Joe, every year he goes back and looks at all of the trades he's made. And then when they involve picks, he goes to see what those picks were used for. And I'm like, why do you want to do this to yourself? Why would you ever do this? That would, first of all, for me, it would take forever, but also it would make me cry. And I don't want to make myself cry. That's the opposite of why I play games. Like, never, you never look back. So, you know, trading back up in a startup is not the wrong move. So, your faith in Javante may have been a little misguided. I will, I will give you misguided, <laughs> but I won't go bad. That was not bad.
0: I also fell into the the Russell Wilson love last year. I was like, God, this offense can't be one of the bottom freaking four offenses in the league. That just, that's not possible.
1: Look, that uh, again, I won't blame you for that because it it was just wrong. Like it should like. This was like they tried to make this the exception that proves the rule or something like you can't just be good for the sake of being good. It's just like, oh, yeah, no, Russell Wilson with Cortland Sutton and uh, Jerry Judy. No, this is too good that we're not going to let it happen. Why? But now they're like, fine, let's overcorrect and bring in Sean Payton. So
0: let's cancel the subway commercials and get
1: Russ's mind back on football. Exactly. That's see, you get it. Absolutely. Any other trades you feel like talking about?
0: Um, I guess one of the best ones right now, it's looking best for me. Um, so it's actually that same league. I traded up for Javante. He was really my best running back. So I was looking at this year, he's probably not going to come back great. So let me maybe throw in the towel, get a great, um, quarterback to tie in with Justin Herbert this year and then go hard next year because I don't, you know, I'm weak at running back. Well, all of a sudden camp reports coming out, Javante looks great. And I ended up trading away, um, Damian Pierce, Ramondre Stevenson, uh Juju and McLaurin for JK Dobbins, Garrett Wilson, and a future first from a heavy competitor team. That is um, beautiful. That's what I, I'm I'm hoping I still pulled it out pretty well. This guy's, you know, pushing all the chips in. He needed some depth depth pieces, and he didn't like Garrett Wilson. So like <laughs> I'll be that guy. I'll yeah. see if he's actually good. Oh, that's
1: <laughs> such Oh, good for you! Good
0: okay, for you. okay. I, I was I was a little questionable after the trade. I was like, damn, I won this, right? I got a future first. Jk can jump in there with me, young guy. Seriously,
1: and okay. yes, rough stamp of approval. And this guy is one of the reasons I love Garrett Wilson, also. So,
2: yeah, Wilson's fantastic hey, to me. If you're not kicking yourself a little bit after a trade, just you know that little bit of hindsight, yeah, just a little bit, then you're not doing it right because you you don't. You don't want to crush, and I know this sounds counterintuitive. You don't want to crush your opponents in in the trade market because you you may need them down the road. So, so you just you just chip away a little bit at a time. You know you you don't have to you don't have to take it all at once. It, it'll be more beneficial later.
1: Okay, yep. I like that. All right, so let's let's round up our little interviewee thing. With what is your guiding principle you use whether you are offering or evaluating a trade?
0: Oh, well, don't don't get me wrong. I am still one of those people. I've got to uh, convince myself that it wasn't a bad pick. You know, I'll look at those uh, those trade calculators around there, just kind of gauge to make sure that I'm still in the ballpark, Uh, because, as I said, I'm still new to Dynasty Um, evaluating not only picks, but players, because you're looking at players, I feel like, in two different eyes as a contender or as a you know, future team building. So like, mm-hmm. I definitely see how so much changes. And honestly, being a part of those industry leagues, it kind of proves like there can be guys that are hard hitting to others, but they let some great value slip because they're so hard onto others and mm-hmm. so confident in their own skills. So yeah, there's definitely a balance. I feel like, you know, falling in between the two of those, but um, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, the truth is never actually believing, you know what you're doing or what you're talking about. That's what I found. I like it. <laughs> All right, so we actually do have a little bit of news, and you alluded to one of his, let's just jump right in there. Javante is just a miracle of modern medicine, and it's going to play in the preseason. I am very, very curious to see what this looks like, because I don't, like, it... I never want anyone to not do well. I don't want him to not be healthy, like... It would be literally amazing if he was able to come back and do well and be good and not get any sort of compensatory injury or not to re-aggravate his knee or anything. I'm just I I, not ready to believe it after everything we've seen for the past couple of years. No less what we just saw with as close of a situation as you can get between two people who are not the same person because everyone heals and no injury are exactly the same. But J.K. Dobbins went through something very, very similar. It took a very long time. For J.K. Dobbins to come back. Like, even at the end of the season, when he was doing well, he was slow. Like, he was getting caught on every run. He's going on the
0: pup now. Like, is he still freaking hurt? Like, dude, you're breaking my heart. I want to go all in on J.K.
1: I... We talked about this last week also, I believe. Mm. And Jim Jim... Whatever the Harbaugh is there that I can never remember who, who was who anymore. It was... For some reason, when they were both in the NFL, I always remembered who was who. But once... Jim left John is the Ravens head coach I think yeah once Harbaugh started like not saying anything it's just like is this a contract like because this is the year this is the year you know Jonathan Taylor's threatening He's saying he wants to trade this is you know so like maybe this is a contract thing which again unfortunately Dobbins hasn't Oh, man, I almost said no leg to stand on. That's messed up. Um, <laughs> you know, like, he doesn't have much leverage with how hurt he's been, but also, like, they haven't done anything to replace him whatsoever. So, like, I, I think this is not injury-related. Again, I have zero actual news. I have zero footing to this whatsoever. It just it seems like it's a way to let him rest, or it's more contract-related than it is health-related. And that is a huge crossing of fingers because I'm with you. I am all in on Dobbins this year, and it would hurt if he was hurt again.
2: Well, and the other part of that is, and we don't have any idea because we're not either in with the medical staff or in Dobbins's head or, or Javante Williams's head or anybody who's injured, but, like, you can be structurally sound. Like, you can be fine medically. You can be cleared and still not be right whether it just doesn't feel right or you just don't trust it and and that's just as dangerous when you're going back out and playing like you have to be going full speed because you know damn well the guys on the other side of the ball are going full speed and and you can get really hurt if you're not and so again I like I'm not saying that I know anything
1: but there's a lot that goes into rehabbing and recovering from an injury yeah and when you don't trust the stability of your restructured knee is usually when you pull your other hamstring yeah. or, you know, yeah, that kind of favor. Thing. And yeah. yeah. Cause you're not running centered at all. And
0: uh, well, again, too- I wish
1: nothing but for the best for both of these, but both of these guys, but I, I, are you acting on this? Like either of you, like do you see Javante is practicing and I've been a Javante fan. So I'm like, I'm going to go and try and acquire him. Or are you selling because of this? Like, does anyone have any strong feelings on moves for Javante with this? You missed your window if you
2: were buying, I think. I mean, this is the micro market thing that that I always talk about with you, Russ, where as soon as you see that player coming back, you see the practice clips, you see him doing the ladder drill, and you see him, you know, making cuts and catching balls in practice, it's going to be on Twitter. And – Not only is it going to be on Twitter, but every single analyst is going to tweet out a clip. You're going to get everybody from Matthew Barry all the way down to, you know, your second cousin's, you know, uncle who has a podcast. Like, everybody's going to be tweeting that out. So if you were a Javante Williams believer, you should have bought in before this. If you're not at this point and you have him rostered, this is a pretty good trade window unless you're looking for points. And I think, you know, if he's back and healthy, that Denver team should be better this year than they were. Like just Sean Payton. Like things will be better this year. And and so again, it's a it's a sell window or a hold window now to me, because otherwise you're paying a premium to get Javante Williams when you you could have you could have done that before. Get ahead of this
0: question there on your sean payton comment now i got completely burned by the broncos last year do they actually have to be better so last year
2: is epitomized by the what was it a 62 yard field goal on third and 15 with like 40 seconds left and and it was that was like game one or two of the season and that just set the set the tone it was like all right, you don't believe that you just all of this capital you spent to go get Russell Wilson. You don't trust him to throw the ball 12 yards and then orchestrate a a, a drive here because I, we've seen him do that. I'm a, deep I'm a Patriots fan. I'm a Patriots fan. I saw him go orchestrate a drive all the way down to the 2-yard line. You know, in in the in the Super Bowl and and then all of a sudden you you don't have confidence in, in Russell Wilson, and, and as soon as that happened, I think Russell Wilson lost confidence in the coaching staff, and then it's
1: toast. Wait, time out here.
0: Russ, you didn't tell me I was going to have to be on your podcast with a Patriots fan here.
1: We try and not let people know that about Zach, because <laughs> like he's such a nice guy, and then all of a sudden that comes out and they're just like, oh. So we let it go as long as possible without people finding out. You ruined my boy Peyton's career
0: six chips we should have had he should oh i'm not going to divert the conversation i'm sorry you're gonna get me heated here oh fucking patriots oh oh, i mean look i was there for the rod rust era so like i was just like one in
2: 16 like i i I paid my dues
0: yeah i gotta watch Peyton get shit on for years (laughs) through my, my younger childhood and oh broke my heart every year
1: so, like, I know you're saying, Zach, that prices are probably past what they should be, but, like, let's say you you know you can send what really feels like a random 24 first to go get Javante Williams. Do you send it? Yeah, why not? At what
0: price do you guys see it being too high? You know, it's a future first, but say they want a little something on top. Would you guys be willing to, like, throw a second onto there to get Javante?
1: If I believe in someone and I'm sending a first, a second's not going to make me change my mind. Because um, to me, seconds are draft picks or fun lottery if you want to use them. Um, but I, I, I'm not there yet. And I'm the kind of person that if the price today was a first, but a price in two weeks after seeing him on the field is a first and a second or a first and two seconds or a first and an RB2, I'd rather pay that after seeing it than take the risk because I am—I'm a scaredy cat. That's really what it is. I call it paying the wait and see tax, like because that's really what—like you wait and see, and you have to pay extra if it, it goes the way that you actually want it to go. So, I think I love like, that. yeah, I'm—I'm I'm absolutely there for that. And you know, I like Javante; he's fine. Um, his price, he's DeAndre Swift to me, value-wise. I've always liked DeAndre Swift, but his value was always just way too high because of the potential of being the pass catcher, of being you know, like Zach loves the phrase, pass catcher plus, and especially with Swift and Javante, we had that dream of workhorse and they both landed on teams, and even now after Swift changed teams, he went to another team that doesn't believe in workhorse backs anymore so it doesn't really matter in that case but, like I don't want to send a first now if, cause my, my thinking is if I'm buying a running back, it's not really a long play. It's for this season and I'd rather just go get Nick Chubb. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really what it comes down to. Um, so I, I, I get it. If I see Javante for a first, I don't bat an eye. at if someone else does it first plus a little bit again, like Zach said, you're a little past your, easy buy phase so I get the person who has Javante on the roster being like well I'm not going to do it for Justa first throw like make it a, where where's the sweetener where's the sweetener um, in which case again I completely get it I just I'm not ready to do it now and I would be curious to see the people that send him away for just a first if they actually wanted him on their team in the first place <laughs> like because that feels like a no let me just get this headache out of here for sure all right, and let's let's now move on to Alvin Kamara. Finally, we have an answer, and it's three games, which is a little surprising. I mean, of course, the NFL can get away with saying, well, there was no guilty verdict, um, being what that is. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, there was – it looked like Kareem Hunt was about to sign there, but now he got a call from Indianapolis, so he's heading over there. Um does this, knowing this, change anything? Like, do you feel a little better that it's not six games? Do you feel not as great about Kendra Miller or Jamal Williams because it's only three games? Does, Brian, does this mean anything to you, finding out the three games? I want
0: to say no, because all... Honestly, with his ADP, even with what we're looking at his ADP sitting at right now, I still think it's a little costly. The guys that are going near him, I still think I'd rather take the chance on them. Um, And don't get me wrong, I love Kendra Miller. I'm so, that's the bad thing about Dynasty. I'm getting too, I'm falling in love with these rookies. How do you guys not fall in love with rookies? I'm, I'm, he does.
1: So you can't really ask him that. Okay.
0: (laughs) Some,
1: some, Russ, some. I have, I have my darlings for sure. That's, I didn't mean all of them. He talks <laughs> about being in love with Kendra Miller. He wasn't talking about being in love with all of them. Like, no. Well, because Zach actually evaluates. So he when he goes through that, he finds players he really believes in. And then I find players he really believes in and just steal his ideas, except for the Smart. leagues we're in together. Um, so, you no. Know, you know, especially – it's a little more rough when you're in five, six leagues like the two of you are. Well, not really for Zach because Zach, when he believes a guy, he wants him on all of his teams. But, like – That's the plus to being in 20-something leagues. I can have a guy in six and it's not the biggest deal. Mm -hmm. You know? Because it's say what you want, no matter how much you like a player, it's tough to have 20 shares of a player. (laughs) Like, you know, drafts fall a certain way, auctions fall a certain way. Some people don't like trading. And they have like it's really tough to have a high roster ship of players in general. But like walking around with like six feels like not a lot when you say you're in 20-something leagues, but it's more than enough to make you feel like you've invested. Except Dak Prescott right now. I swear to God, I've probably
0: got 80% Dak Prescott in my dynasty because if I didn't draft him the year before in the startup, everybody's
1: been trading him because
0: nobody freaking wants him. So I'm like, ah, give him to me.
1: That's money, man. I, he's going to be good. Um, um, Zach, anything about the Saints running back fields that you feel is clearer now? I mean, it's
2: clear the fact that Kamara's going to come back after three games. Yeah, we know it. That, like yeah. like that that's worded
1: because that's obvious. No, yeah. like
2: that's that's <laughs> probably that's probably the the big takeaway is whatever you thought about Kamara going into the season, agnostic of of his legal troubles, you kind of still think if you thought Kamara was was toast, then you still think Kamara's toast and that's it doesn't affect anything if you if you bought into Kamara thinking you're going to have a, a solid you know back end running back one three games doesn't make a difference to that and yeah. and the the stuff out of camp is they're looking to get him more involved in the passing game this year he wasn't as, as involved last year
1: yeah and, that that was cuz they didn't have another running back so they used him yeah. as a running back and it it was Okay, just it did not last. It didn't hold out very long.
0: Uh, Just redraft ADPs. Going by guys: Aaron Jones, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers. I've never been a Cam Akers guy, but I I think I would take all those guys over Alvin Kamara because I would. Just the age and the risk, and the Saints might be trash. Derek Carr. I've stuck up for him for years. I'm done doing it.
1: Well. If you're, if you're sticking up for him saying he's good, that's on you. But he's good enough, <laughs> and, and that's what I've you. been sticking with. He's good enough. Uh, so we do have, before we move on in the show and getting to listener questions, because this isn't a listener question, it's a watcher question. We have Eric in the chat saying last week, well, he's saying last week, I said that I would take Fields over Justin Jefferson. We were talking about. How many non-quarterback... How many quarterbacks before you take the first non-quarterback? And we came to the consensus that Justin Jefferson was the first non-quarterback. He says, how far is it in between Justin Jefferson and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson? So skipping over the A.J. Brown, most likely. Skipping over A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, probably Waddle. St. Brown?
2: Hmm? St.
1: Brown? Ross, St. Brown, yeah. So... How far back? Um, let's. I pulled up ADP Superflex ADP. Justin Jefferson is player eight, and uh, Garrett Wilson is actually wide receiver five at pick nineteen point five, and Waddle is wide receiver six. Garrett mm. Wilson over Waddle feels a little much for me. Feels aggressive That's, for sure. Yeah, I think we're just excited about him being younger, even though it's literally a year and a half. Uh, and Chris Olave down at wide receiver nine. Amon Ross St. Brown, Cooper Cup at wide receiver eight. I'd love to see that. Um, and then Chris Olave at wide receiver nine is at pick 27. So we're talking about 11 picks and then another almost 11 picks back from Wilson to get to Olave. What do you guys feel about the difference between those three players? No one really jumping. All right, I'll go 1st <laughs> My bad, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a little. I'm a little surprised. I saw both of you like moving your bottom jaws. Like, <sighs> uh, so here's my thing. Like, I'm a, I'm a little surprised a- Alave fell because usually Wilson and Alave have going back and forth between like wide receiver six and seven, six and seven, like flip flopping which is which. And don't get me wrong, I love that Cooper Cup is wide receiver eight because it's it's almost point scoring time and he's getting the respect he deserves. I think there's a pretty, like, does Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave in a first, just a random 24 first get you Justin Jefferson? It doesn't. Ah, I don't
2: think so. I don't think that's close.
1: And to me, like, that's saying something. Like, to me, that's pushing, I mean, Garrett Wilson is 20. Yeah, like, <sighs> I think there's a big gap between them. And, oh, wait, hold on. I you know what? Screw it. We're going out of order because it's relevant. I had a trade (laughs) uh, uh, in Trade Addicts 2. I did Tua Tunga-Vailoa and Jalen Waddle for Justin Jefferson. And I think Waddle is worth more than both Wilson and Olave. And I was willing to add Tua, who is... Hold on. I have ADP up. I can just go look. (laughs) Um quarterback 11 but pick 14 so we're talking pretty much two second round picks to move up to pick eight if we're talking startup picks you know so pick 14 and pick 20 to get up there like that's a big difference and i feel great about that by the way first of all i did this was the counter they sent me and i was just like Screw it! I just want Justin Jefferson on this team because it's trade addicts too, where I keep losing to Brian Har and I'm like, that's <laughs> it! I've got to figure something out. And going to get Justin Jefferson is one of those things that makes me feel like my team is just automatically better. But like the the price felt fine, and because maybe just because to me I love Tua, but he's young Kirk Cousins at this point, where he's yeah. like a Scoria QB 10-ish, but like the upside isn't really there, which makes me sad for everything I wanted Tua to be coming into the league, but like. That that's how sizable a difference I still like I don't think Garrett Wilson or Olave and Tua probably gets you Justin Jefferson. Like I think you probably maybe you only have to throw a second on top, but I still don't think that trade gets done.
2: Well, and I also think too though with the Tua Waddle thing, there's there's this and Zeitgeist isn't quite the right word, but it's close enough. There's this there's this like prevailing thought or prevailing feeling in the community that has come over from DFS, that stacking is really important. And yeah. to get that to a it water, yeah. it's, it's a little less than 3% correlation. It's like, a DFS it's, thing. And yeah, it's, it's not, It's it, like, it's cool. And, like, you'll have weeks where you're like, yeah, see? But if you have good players, you're going to get that anyway. It doesn't necessarily matter that the, so. But I think that I think that that plays into it a little bit too, with the Tua Waddle as opposed to Tua Olave or Tua Garrett Wilson. I still have Garrett Wilson over Olave, uh, by the way. Like, and it, and it's not, it's not Olave hate, but I also like if Michael Thomas is healthy this year, and he may be, Michael Thomas could be the wide receiver one in New Orleans. And then what happens to Olave's value if he got beat by the husk of Michael Thomas?
0: Right. So if, if I can divert it a little bit and ask a question here. So I guess my big issue that I've come into Dynasty is obviously you've got the elite of the, the, elite, of the elite that gets you know, their you know, top five wide receivers. But then you've got guys like what we saw, you know Drake London, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson – these are now second-year players. We saw greatness from them, but how do you guys how do you guys break down that overhypeness Because now I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way. I'm not I'm not tearing down Drake London, his skills, his ability of anything that he can do. But if you look at it, he got to play ball with. Did he have a quarterback last year? And then he's coming into year two. He's got Ritter and Heineke. So probably a, what I would like to look at as a washed year, you know, you're not competing with that. Then we're going into next year with hopefully a rookie top end quarterback. Rookies don't rookie quarterbacks don't support great wide receivers. So he's going to be going into his, hopefully his fourth year with a second year quarterback. That's probably hopefully a top five pick. At what point do you guys bail on the talent just because of situation or is that too much prediction?
1: Well, here's my thing. Um, Starting the week before their bye week, the Falcons last year, which I believe was when uh, Ritter took over, was around that area. Drake, okay. Kyle Pitts was hurt. Drake London's targets, 12, 11, 9, and 8. And he had no Bijan, right? To catch passes? Yeah, but what's going to happen when Bijon's on the field? People are going to have to defend the run and the short pass. Like, I, a good offense is good for the offensive players. I... So I'm not really at all concerned. And, okay, you want better than – this is his fantasy point output. 15.5, 12, 14.6, 9.7. That's not great. I get it. But, again, he was on an offensive team with a new quarterback in a a system not designed for that quarterback. Mm -hmm. They were literally in there saying, just let us see if you can throw the ball. You know, we're still just going to run the ball with Tyler Algier all the dang time. You know, like, so – I, I It's one of those situations where, again, I, I, I have such a hard time comparing anything to the Urban Meyer, to call it an era, <laughs> is a little too favorable. It's just like, I will literally take zero negative out of that, because that is not Trevor Lawrence's fault. We're but The I will lowest also, QB touchdown percentages ever. <laughs> but I will also take every positive out of it, because if you can do well in that terrible of a situation... I'll think, I'll pray, I'll hope that it carries over into the better situation. So I'm hoping we have an entire offseason where they know they have Bijan, they know Ritter's their starter, hopefully Pitts is healthy and doing everything, so they have their offense that they can build for the offense they want it to be. So I know I'm speaking very micro when you were talking more of a macro question, but it's me standing up for Drake London, that's all that really is right there. But <laughs> Nice. And I will absolutely... I, I absolutely admit this everywhere i will hold on to my like of players for far too long like it wasn't until marcus Mariota left the raiders that i gave up that he wasn't going to be a thing like that that's how long i held out for marcus Mariota. and you know like i will hold out and i, I there's no re- like, like you but like you also said it again how much the situation can change how quickly mm-hmm. it can change what if the Cardinals do shelve Kyler tank and get Caleb and Kyler gets traded to the Falcons For all sure. of a sudden Drake London's like a top five wide receiver. I'm exaggerating. Everyone calm down. You uh, know, really are you though? I hope so. That's that's, but still like you can't bank on situation. If you believe in a player, you believe in the talent, you ride with the player.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's the AJ Brown corollary. I mean, yeah. that was the, that was the thing. So i uh, in 2019, like AJ Brown was my wide receiver one. You look there's at and he goes.
1: Wide
2: receiver one, yeah. He goes to, to a, a lot of people like Nikhil Harry. Some people like Hakeem Butler. Like there, there's some some Picture things going on. But <laughs> DK uh Jake Anderson was a DK guy. So like yeah. there are a lot of things. I, I I mean, but anyway, he went to Tennessee. Everyone's like, oh, bad offense. You know, there's not a – not a no passing volume. Tannehill can't support uh, a number one right wide receiver. They forget about Jarvis Henry conveniently, yeah. but whatever. I mean, exactly. Like, where you whatever. Were so, again, A.J. Brown came out, was fantastic, got dinged up. But that situation – he got traded. That situation mm-hmm. changed, and all of a sudden he's on the most dynamic offense or one of the most dynamic offenses in the NFL – And is a, a legit wide receiver one. So again, I'm not as big a Drake London fan as Russ or, or as like some people had Drake London as their wide receiver one coming up. He was my wide receiver four. Like he was fine. Like I don't dislike him, but like I was, I was a lot more bullish on Burks a lot more bullish on, on Garrett Wilson. Uh, and and even Pickens, like I, I thought, Pickens had the most upside out of anybody, and I stand by that. Anybody in the class, David whether or not Bell. he, yeah, yeah, David Bell was great. Well, David, no, like, David Bell was, that one. David Bell was, that he's my Achilles heel with with uh, evaluation. So every single player I have missed on, or uh, maybe an over overstatement, but a lot of the players I've missed on at wide receiver have been players who just get open and there's no real reason for them to be open. They don't have a, you know, it's not like they're making great cuts and they have great separation that way. And it's not like they're, they're out physicaling people or, you know, beating the defender with speed. He just is in the right place at the right time. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And it's that to me has become an archetype that I am now really leery of. Because I have been burned on that several different different drafts. I mean, this is the year for Rondell Moore. This yeah, I mean, well, Rondell Moore is a little different because I think his I think his usage has been bad. Like it's if you have Kingsbury at the helm, but if but if you watch Rondell Moore succeed, he did not succeed as pronounced as prolifically when he was getting the ball behind the line of scrimmage and having to create, like he can actually go out, make a play and then add yards. Like he can get downfield five, 10, 15 yards. And, and he had like a negative one and a half yard, a dot with, with Arizona. Like he's catching the ball two yards behind this line, you know, line of scrimmage. Like that's not what Rondell Moore's best. Facet is, but uh, you got me off. You got me off on my. What are we are We gonna talk John Kelly next? What are we doing? Hey, like, let's go. Paris down. Campbell. Can oh, we man. talk Paris Campbell?
0: I, I'm loving this. My
2: my mentions <laughs> were in shambles Thursday night. So John Kelly got like the first carry of the game went for 14 yards, and I got like 35 tweets at me. John Kelly. I'm like, yeah, for life. I got you.
1: Like, <laughs> let, let
2: me let me dig back in. I have a whole I have a whole file on my phone of of just gifs of John Kelly. I can I can fire those off if you need them. Uh, but it but it is like the to me going back and looking at what is successful and then what isn't successful and then revising your process. So so Drake London is like in in one of these boxes for me where he needs to be used closer to the line of scrimmage and allowed to, like, catch the ball on a slant and create because he's actually really good with the ball in his hands. But most of the time, he's used downfield as a jump ball guy. And when he does that, he's not creating separation, and it's hard to create vertical separation in the NFL. So he is a weird evaluation for me because he's he's good, and he has some things that he does well, but it's really – dependent on a coaching staff to utilize him in the way that he can succeed Nikhil Harry. Like Nikhil Harry is that same guy, the same, like very similar player where if he caught the ball on a seven yard slant, he could house it. It was great. Like it was so much fun watching him do that. But if he's going downfield, he's not creating separation. And in the NFL, especially in today's NFL, the corners are big and, and, and the safeties hit and mm-hmm. and it's hard to make it's hard to make plays downfield
0: makes sense you good you good sir you good i'm
2: good i'm i'm good i guess
1: <laughs> bet on the talent no bet on the talent Didn't sorry mean to
0: divert it just no, to... no, he, you oh. said, we he,
2: he
1: said hey talk rookies i got you <laughs> i told you, you just do you ever need to waste some time just say hey zach and then he'll just <laughs> Hey, I'm right, let's go here. let's go we're moving on uh do you want to do uh brian you want to go to trade addicts trades or listener questions first Ooh, let's hit those listener questions. All right, the first one, at too much underscore FF. Whatever that could be from. Well, Matt, yeah. When pushing in, when pushing all in for, okay, clearly he says chip. Zach? I thought it was a ship because it's a champion. Yeah. That's what, that was going to be my question. A lot of people do say chip, but I also say ship because it's just short for championship. Oh, well, I don't give a ship.
0: I, you know, I'm just...
1: He's clever. I like <laughs> do not it. splash the pot. <laughs> well, you know, the chip,
0: you know, you look at that chocolate chip. You know, you want to eat that. A chip, can you eat a ship? No, you're not eating
1: that. But yeah, I go in for chips. All right, well... When you're poker playing, you're pushing all the chips in, you know? All right, when pushing all in for a chip, how do you know how much veteran depth you need to trade for? At what point are you giving away too many future assets? All right, I could answer this one pretty easily. You don't need depth at the beginning of a season i a guy
0: who lost championships because he didn't have depth in multiple (laughs) leagues
1: so well first you shouldn't have trade deadlines in your leagues but if you do that's when you worry about depth because it's it's really funny because in in trade addicts leagues clearly we don't have trade deadlines because we're trade addicts um Depth is hard to move until it's actual playoff time. Like you'll be sitting in week twelve, where even there are some teams still pushing to get that last last playoff spot. But it's impossible to trade the Tyler Lockets or the James Connors, like these older guys that maybe they don't start for you every week. But if you have to start them, they'll do pretty well for you. But then the playoffs hit, and it's like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's okay. Second. Yeah, that's fine. Let's. And then of course the second someone gets hurt and you just have to pay more for them because people know you're screwed. Um, But going into a season, like it's also me, like I've said before, I don't like risk and I don't like making decisions. So I hate having depth on my teams. I want in a league where you start 10, I want 10, 11 starters at most because I want to have someone to start for bye weeks. Because first of all, it is very league specific. It is I only play in leagues that are active. If you don't have an active league, you can't do this. Like mm-hmm. if you if it's really tough to pull off trades in your league, like five trades happen an entire season, maybe you'd play you, you, well, no, not maybe. You absolutely have to play differently than what I usually say. But like for me, the leagues I'm in, I don't necessarily care about having much depth. Like I love having the Paris Campbells, the guys who you know, when healthy can do well, like those kind of guys, but like to go and start buying like healthy RB twos that you'll never really want to start. It's like you said, it's a little bit of a waste of assets for something you might not need. And that's why I say, wait until you do. And it's like, why I said, if I have a 24 first, not only am I not sending it now, I'm not going to send it for someone that I don't think will give me the most output possible especially at running back, because to me, running backs are literally always a one-year asset. So I I honestly, like, assuming an active league, I really usually only have, like, one extra player on my team. And it's mostly to save me from myself, because when I do have too many players, and if you go look at your power rankings on my fantasy league, they show you what your lineup efficiency is. Mm -hmm. Mine's usually towards the bottom of the league. Me too.
0: I'm great at starting the worst guy
1: and benching the best. So okay, so we have to start a golf league, is what you're saying? Like fantasy football, oh, yeah. golf. So like the lowest score, <laughs> <laughs> yes. dude. I crush that shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about you, Zach? Any input on this one?
2: So I, I, I think you want to go get the hammers. I mean, that's what you, what you were saying, Russ. Is you don't, you don't necessarily need depth. You want start like you're pushing yourself over the top with starters. You're pushing yourself over the top with with players who are scoring a ton. And for me, I start looking around week four, and, and I know that sounds early, but sixty percent of the top twelve running backs, season long, are already mm-hmm. in the top twelve by week four.
0: That make, yeah, that makes sense. Like
2: and, and and like that's that's a a ton. And if you like, the longer you wait, the more the Price goes up because now you're desperate. So if you can make your move early and go get, you know, go get players, you can get a, a, a discount because you're in on it early. A discount because there aren't going to be very many people in your league knocking on those those trade doors yet. That's true too. And, and so you kind of you kind of can get in and set the market, which is nice.
0: Yeah.
2: And and also you get players who are going to score you points and increase your chance for the entire season. And I know that it's it's tricky because running backs get hurt and whatever, but when I when I build a roster, if I'm if I'm contending and and I'm of the John Bosch philosophy where I either want to be like the top of the league or I'm I'm in the bottom and rebuilding and and that's fine and I'll target a, a draft class that I i identify that i think is good i'll try to get multiple picks in that but if i am if i am competing my ideal roster build is young proven wide receivers a really good depth of backup running backs who are i've acquired cheaply so the guys who can come in if somebody gets hurt the 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 handcuffs you know everybody wants the, the handcuffs and then i will add and and Russ, you've seen me do this over the last couple of years in leagues that we played in. I will add those running backs. In the season, I think I can go make a push. Yeah. And 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 go after it. I'll add Derrick Henry. I'll add Eckler. Uh I'll add Josh Jacobs. And that like that's how I will put – because
1: if only they you had Chris Christy McCaffrey last year, you may yeah. have actually won the <laughs> Olympians, except I got him and I won. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Fin- yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it's yeah. the one that time was... I ever like beat Zach, so I'm that was, gonna have to rub no, it. Was but, you
2: but, you that was, take but that was those. Ex- but that's exactly like that was beautiful. Like I it hurt, but it was beautiful watching you do that because that's exactly how you accomplish winning a championship is i traded javante for christian yeah yeah but 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 think about think about the the value you got making that move to go get mckay because i i had been trying to to do that and and i ended up adding derrick henry and and maybe another piece but i couldn't i couldn't get a deal done with the the cmc owner and and all of a sudden you you slide in it's like man that was that was Beautiful because that's exactly what you need to do. You need to go get the hammers when you're competing. The the depth guys don't actually make that much difference. You can find depth guys almost anywhere. I mean, I I I had a a couple of teams that I ended up last year. I didn't finish very well. I I finished second in 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 like three or four different leagues. It was kind of ugly.
1: Years ago, yeah,
2: Um, and. But but I was getting there on the backs of the Giants wide receiver core who are all on waivers. So it was like Hodgins and, and Slayton and um, – Don't you forget Richie James. Richie James. Yeah, like no – But how it ugly is that? It scares
0: the crap out of me, though. Like I would, I would say majority of my dynasty leagues have a combination of uh, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, and um, like J.K. Dobbins. A lot of these, like they're not quite at that old – Cusp where you need to get rid of them, but you know, I've got two or three of them. But then you look at the rest of my guys, and I've got like Rashad Penny and Ezekiel Elliott's and Kevin Harris's. So, like, my first thought is, ooh, I've got young wide receivers and Pickens and Addison, stuff like that. Let me trade them for an RB3 and RB4 to get ready for that injury. But I guess with kind of what y'all are saying is. I feel like maybe I'm overpaying now playing for a probability. Whereas I could just pay overpay once when I actually need it
2: and, and and overpay and get the, get the Uber back. Don't, don't get the, don't get the second tier back. Don't, don't go after the the back who's not going to make a difference for you. There are about eight guys who make a difference. Go get one of them. Especially if you're giving up somebody like Addison, I mean, Pickens right now, I, I would trade, and I know that sounds funny because I just said I think he has the most upside of anybody in the class from last year. But I also think that everybody else is now on board. Mm-hmm. And so when I could get him at, you know, 111, 112, that was great. But now if I can turn around and trade him as the, the whatever, 25th player off the board in a startup, yeah. now all of a sudden I, I've acquired some value. Now Addison is a little different to me because i think addison is one of those special players i think addison and jackson smith and jigba in this class are different than what you see in most classes i think they are in that you know the the garrett wilson tier i think they're in that jalen waddle tier they're not quite in the jefferson chase tier but they're pretty close but i i have a, a a list of since 2017 when i really started keeping track of my evaluations i have a list of players who uh, you know where where i rank them out because i i end up giving them a grade and they are in the top i have to go search for it because it's under here uh, under for peter howard but um like they're they're in the top 10 of of all players that i've i've watched since 2017 those two
1: they're they're good
0: rush you want to hit the sunday night slow jams here because we got some love
1: we're 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 hearing all about right now so much (laughs) so that he would not in a 0.75 premium league he would not accept dallas goddard and juju smith schuster for jordan addison i didn't and honestly the only reason i i knew he was going to reject it but the reason i sent it was because last week on the dlf trade show that i do with addison One of the trades we were talking about, because we were talking about Dallas Goddard at the time, because I physically can't trade him away in Trade Addicts 11. And one of the deals we talked about was pretty much based around Goddard for Addison. And I, it's really, when you take a step back and you think about what Addison is and what Addison most likely will be, if in my head, Goddard should be worth more Mm -hmm. in a 0.75 premium league. Because Goddard is one of those players that gets the targets, gets the receptions, is on a very, very good offense. He's not Kelsey. I'm not saying that he is, but like he's the top ish of the tier below that. I mean, I still have Hawkinson in the tier below, and he's the top of that tier for me, but Goddard's not far behind. A- and we want Addison to be all of these things, but clearly he's not yet. A- and I mostly sent it as a joke, knowing that Zach was going to reject it because I know how much he loves Addison. But it was just that was the one league I had got her to trade away, and I wanted to see if Addison was even close. And it was just unfortunately that it was that league.
2: So I got I got my I got my rankings pulled up since since
1: 2017.
2: <laughs> C.D. Lamb, Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Chase Rondell Moore. They got the same grade. Sorry, Rondell. Corey Davis, D.J. Moore, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Jordan Addison, Devontae Smith, Cooper Cup. James Washington, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, like that's James that's Washington where we're at. Like
0: sliding in there, yeah. I like I, I missed, missed so many. I wide receivers.
1: Wide like, receiver one for a while. Dude,
0: like it's I, Steelers, I, how could you not want to go for him? You know, yeah.
1: But but this is all pre-draft. Like this is me.
2: So I I watch between eight and, and sixteen games pre pre-draft of these guys. Yeah, and and so again, I like I fully admit I've. My podcast is the Dynasty Dummies. Like I miss, I I embrace that.
0: Come on, yeah. but
2: like I, I feel like I've done, especially with receivers, I've done fairly well. And to have you know Addison in that kind of ilk of some of the top receivers that are going on now, it's hard for me to trade him away. It's it's easy for me to make the bet on what i believe in you're gonna to have to kind of sweetheart deal me like i to me he's he's in that same that same range as you know where where uh Olave and wilson are yeah for,
0: for me like in, in,
1: in terms of adp
0: how can you not you know shy away from that
1: all right we should probably keep going um Sorry. at j fry 80 with a contender and have all your future picks are you more likely to hold or trade away future picks Would you trade away future picks for... Oh, we answered a lot of this. Would you trade away future picks for depth, or would it have to be an impact for your roster? Would you trade depth away for future picks if it extends your contending window? We did answer a lot of this, not specifically the exact same way, but I will say, when you're a contender and you have your picks, you have to use them with a purpose. You... You don't, like we said before, depth isn't really the way to go. Like, Zach hit it on the head, and I I had to, I ran upstairs to fill, refill my water bottle, and I heard him say, like, week four, and I'm just like, yes. Because that's when you decide you're competing. That's when a lot of teams will make that decision, whether they're competing or rebuilding. And that's when you can, It's pretty much the end of when you get, like, good prices for good players on bad teams. Because after that, everyone knows that they're going to start rebuilding, so they could raise their prices a bit. Um, but... With a contender, you have all your picks. You're going to want to use your picks for very, very specific purposes. You're going to get the Nick Chubbs, the Christian McCaffreys, the man, if you can find a way to get those young wide receivers who are producing, like the Garrett Wilsons or, you know, anyone. Well, you're not really – it's <laughs> – it, it was so much easier when, with like, the older like, – a little bit of older wide receivers were at the top list, like young wide receivers who produced. You want to say Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, but that's just not happening. Um. So, yeah, you can absolutely use them, but I would hold for as long as you can. Wait till you have an injury and you need to fill it. Or if you hit like week one is about to start and you don't have a running back worth anything and the Nick Chubb owner is willing to take your first for Chubb and you think you're going to win. Absolutely. You send what you think the 112, what is going to be the 112 for Nick Chubb. Um, And if you have the ability to trade away depth for future picks, that is baller that is that is what you want that's how you create a dynasty things you don't need that you can get also the better way to look at it it's not even for the future you trade away stuff you don't need but when you need something you'll have picks to be able to buy them with and picks are easier to move than depth pieces it's it's a wider audience that will be willing to trade for the picks as opposed to willing to trade for Tyler Lockett, Jerry Judy, like these lower guys that will do well enough, but you you don't want them necessarily. Okay. I want Tyler Lockett and Jerry Judy. Those were very bad examples for that specific situation, (laughs) but that doesn't, that's not the point, but you get what I'm saying. So like picks are a wonderful weapon for a competing team. Most of my teams that are competing don't have picks, but that's because I don't have patience and, My league mates know that. So the 2nd February, like 12th rolls around and MFL rolls over and I get my 25 first. (laughs) I have offers in my inbox right away in so many of my leagues because they know me and I have no willpower. So I usually send them away. But they are they're a great weapon to have in your arsenal for a competing team. So if you have them, hold on to them. And that is an adorable puppy. What's its name? Oh, that's Pippa. She, I've got this little football
0: full of treats, so she jumps over here all the time to come get more treats. I love it. This is a very
1: pet-friendly <laughs> podcast, except for mine because she I have an English bulldog. She falls asleep next to me, and she snores so loud it it goes over my my talking. Um, does anyone have anything to add to my layers of rambling? No,
0: I, I like that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just throwing in the comment there. You, you give us that deep
1: dive.
2: Uh, you're the guest, Brian. Come on.
1: No, 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 Zach. I need a little bit of a nap. You talk so, for a bit. Uh, so, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so, Russ,
2: I, I like I like what you said. I like acquiring the picks because you do have a broader uh, range of trade partners with the picks. They're a lot more fungible than a specific player. And if you have depth and can acquire picks, even if you're a contender, I would do that because you can always go acquire depth with the picks if things go wrong but if things go right now all of a sudden you won the championship and you have picks to continue your dynasty it's it's just a matter of of understanding and you have to understand your league you have to understand your league mates if you're in a league where trading doesn't happen very much sorry russ close your ears i know that this is tough you for you like but there are leagues that, that trading doesn't happen so maybe don't don't go out of your way to do that in a league where you, you may not be able to recoup uh you know if something happened to one of your players but in a league where it's fairly active I want the picks baby because they're yeah. they're the more fungible asset they are more interesting to more teams than one specific player because the player is who they are and the picks can be anything
0: Yep. Where were all you right. guys all summer when I was just burning picks and just trading, just to trade? We've been here, man. Just, just saying. I
2: was shouting you out. You were on the Scott Fishbowl Potathon. I was like, this guy, this guy right here.
1: <laughs> that was fucking wonderful. Oh man, see, I did it. Um, oh well. Um, so we have a, a watcher question before we head over to the Trade Addicts trades. Um, Corey asked in a 14-team Superflex league. Would you trade Garrett Wilson for Drake London and a 24 first? Just assume completely random. Uh, That's a no. You, you know, like Zach's trying to, and Brian's nodding his head. I, like, honestly, I don't think it's bad. But points wise, I don't think you're going to suffer too badly for it. But value wise, it feels like there's just more in between them than that. I think so.
0: So, I think,
2: I think there is, I, I think Garrett Wilson separates himself from Drake London this year. And it's not, I mean, no, he has no fault. No, but, but more like no fault of Drake London's. But I think you add the most efficient quarterback since Drew Brees to Garrett Wilson, who is a fantastic separator at all levels of the field. And all of a sudden, you see him be even better than he was with the the combination of the elite Joe Flacco and and Zach Wilson.
1: Yep. Uh, By the way, real quick, just to put it out there, because we were talking about Garrett Wilson his ADP and all of that. Drake London is wide receiver 16 at 45 overall. So... What was Wilson again? Wilson was wide receiver five at just about 20 overall. We're talking two full rounds in the startup mm-hmm. difference between them. I, I, I think, I don't think it's bad. I just, I think there's, if you believe in London, you do this. Let me put it that way. If you are for like, sure. like, I know I'm going to be talking to Addison tomorrow. And if I brought this up to him, he's like, yeah, I do that. Cause he, be- he's a London fan. Like there's, there's plenty of people that are there for it, but if you firmly believe that Wilson is that dude and London will be a nice you know, mid-wide receiver too, then there's probably more in between them than that. If you can tell me that it's a first-half first, I would probably do it, especially coming into this specific season. Yeah. But right now, future, like random... Uh... I think a lot of it has to do
0: with the contention versus playing now. You know, Garrett Wilson seems more of a right-now player... Drake London seems like you're really hoping for the you know some things to align over the next couple seasons for him to really hit that that greatness top five top three ceiling if he has that potential you know all right so
1: screw cool. it this is going to be a two-hour show Eric asks the wonderful Sorry. question how many points per game is a random future first worth because he's saying that he would do that all day so the the random future first first are not created equally
2: and so to me, when I think of a random first i'm I'm shooting right in that like 107 well we said this is a 14 team league, so 107 108 that's not worth as much to me as a top five or you know four or five or six pick like the upper tier of a draft class and not all draft classes are created equal either. So that's the other thing you have to look at like next next draft class has, uh two let's say two quarterbacks two and a half wide receivers maybe a running back and then it gets you know we're off the deep end so if that if that random first is 107 108 that doesn't that doesn't move the needle for me like it's it's you you're back down to like a 33 percent chance at A top 24 season one top 24 season and and the entire first round like that first round you have a 50 percent chance of of a top 24 season and most of them are in the top five or six picks and and it's not to say that like that's strictly where they are but like if you're playing by the numbers if you're pay attention to analytics at all or follow jacob rickroad who's at clutch fantasy like if you if you I, I like to stand on the shoulders of smart people. And so when somebody like Jacob Rickroad or somebody like Peter Howard does the research and tells me, okay, this is your chance of hitting on players. I know what a first is worth. And I know what a random first is worth and a random first. Isn't worth what most people think it is. They see the first and they're like, aha, first round pick. It's not, it, it's, a back-end first and a, and a first-half first are not the same thing. They're not even close.
1: Yeah, the only time a random first is a random first is, is when you plan on moving it before you find out where it is. That's it. <laughs> right? And if you have other people that believe in the thing of caring about truly random firsts. And also, oh, hey, Trader Joe jumped in here. Fan or not, you should get a second more, which is pretty much where I was at. Like, you should be getting a little bit more in that yep. trade. I don't
2: want a second though on a player. I don't like Zach. Sec- I know you I, guys
1: you guys, and your picks. Woo. Well, no, I don't- it's it's just an easy way to state value. No, I know. Zachary. I know. I know. Zachary, I know. I know. Names out there. <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to trade addicts trades. Trade addicts leagues are 12 teams, super flex, PPR, tight end premium with 1.75 points per tight end reception and 0.05 points for return yardage, except for TA1. And we still have plenty of TA1 trades going on. And the first one we have was Matt Stafford for a 24 second and 224 thirds. I'm I'm fine with this. Like, I really like Stafford. If I knew he was playing, I would do this all day. I still feel weird about how little we know about him. I mean, Cooper Cup is practicing, or or he's day-to-day or something like that, so I feel fine about him, but if I knew... Like, like, is there a video of Stafford throwing a ball? Like, I haven't seen it. Like, that... If Stafford is healthy, a second and two-thirds I would send all day. Because I believe that offense is good. Stafford is a very good quarterback. He still has Cooper Cup on his team. Tyler Higby is good enough. They have the stud of studs, Kuka Nakua on their team. So I'm ready. I'm I'm here for it. (laughs) So, you know, yeah, because the thing, the difference, no, the difference is the wrong word. The thing with this is if there was a video that came out tomorrow of Stafford throwing the ball, this price still stands. He's not going to be worth a first. Mm -hmm. Maybe halfway through the season, if he is what he should be, maybe. But I don't think this price changes anytime soon. So I don't think I do this now. But in general, I think this is absolutely fine. Yeah, I mean, if you you know Stafford's healthy, getting
2: a starting quarterback for a a second is is good business.
1: It's funny. Like I keep saying the two thirds cause it was part of the deal, but they really just don't matter. I,
2: I don't, I don't, I'm third agnostic. I'm yeah. almost second agnostic. It's basically, I got, I got Stafford for free. Like I know we don't, it's, this is not a dynasty theory, but like NTA where it's 1.75 premium. I'd be kicking the tires on like a Kittle or a Waller or see what I can do. How, how much more I have to put with that second to get there. Because I'd rather have I'd rather have Kittle or Waller as my QB two than Stafford, in in a TA league.
0: But interesting. I digress. I digress. Oh man, I'm going to be selling all my picks tonight. Like I'm going to be up the rest of the night selling every last pick I've got. This is trouble.
1: <laughs> no more
0: clean and sober for me.
1: well let's move on and see how much worse we can make it for you because this next one justin fields james cook and mark andrews for 224 firsts and 325 firsts okay so this is this is really tough for me to sit and try and figure out first of all i just i don't care about james cook which makes it a little harder but like, you you sit here and you say, Mark Andrews, oh man, he's worth first plus, like, without even thinking about it. But I remember on this show, on Dynasty Wall Street, every show we were talking about, right before our rookie drafts, what pick you would give up for Mark Andrews, and it was falling to the back of the first. Really? So, is Mark Andrews worth all that much? Ah. The answer is he should be, yes. He's worth it. Whether or not you have to pay it, that's another question. So, like, I don't even, like, feel right saying a 24 and 25 first for Andrews. But I think that's what we have to say in this situation. Like, in which case you're at a 24 first and two twenty fives for Justin Fields and James Cook. I guess that's fine. This is the rare win-win.
2: Like, if, if assuming that the team that got Fields, Cook, and Andrews
1: is Boy, a contender. Well, mm-hmm. yes, but he's also trying like hell to give me Justin Fields right now because he wants a Lave from me bad.
2: <laughs> but wouldn't
1: give me my first, you know. No, we're not getting into that again because Eric doesn't have it anymore, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> um, but, like, I you know there was a there was a trade last last week which was very similar to this where it was a lot of picks for a bunch of players and all of us were like on the side of the players just because trying to do that math and everything but with this one especially with me being a fields fan like this feels right to me this feels okay because especially with those picks being 25 it's it's time is money baby like they're they're not worth the same so like I, I get this. I like this. And like you said, this is well to affirm what you are saying, I should say, Zach. This is a competing and a rebuilding team clearly. And I think this one works well. I think this did work out well for both. I wish it was someone besides James Cook, but that is what it is.
2: Well, but James Cook is an asset that, that you can move too because a lot of a lot of people believe in James Cook. Like that's Oh, I and mean, that... yeah,
1: if you could find a James Cook person in your league, I would James Cook and something for an upgrade of that something, you know, like real fast, I would use him to upgrade something or, you know, yeah, like two running backs to upgrade my running back position.
0: Get, get Damian Harrison return after you give up James Cook, you know.
1: Yeah, well, right. And and it's, get like, the better running back. It's fine. It, it, JJ, JJ Zacharyson and
2: Rich Rebar. Rich Rebar came on and talked about James Cook being one of the players that he wants to add to every team. Like people are going to hear that. There's going to be a market to, to trade James
1: Cook if you don't buy it. Mm -hmm. so what's your feeling on the trade brian Uh,
0: i'm still at that point where i haven't made a trade with more than two first round picks in it yet so you know when i see five first round picks in there i'm not gonna lie the shorts tighten a little bit but uh if i'm going for it you got somebody justin fields you're playing in a two to three window his career may only be two to three years if you're really looking at it, but Mark Andrews, you've got him there, and yeah, I'll take the players. I bet I can flip James Cook to get something back in it. So then I've got you know Andrews Fields and some, something on top. I'll take some sprinkles on. That yeah, trade. I
1: mean like Eric might be a James Cook guy, in which case he's thrilled to have him yeah. in this trade. It's just that apparently we're we're not. Uh, the next trade is trade two. We talked about it before, but we didn't really like get into it. The Justin Jefferson for Tua and Jalen Waddle. I mean, I guess we did talk about it enough, but like, what side would you guys take in this one? I'm, I'm still jj but sorry i don't Same. mean to no, no that's i mean that's you're taking the side i got so i love it i don't care who talks over who for it um <laughs> <all right. laughs> oh eric is saying he is a james cook guy so perfect good for yeah. you man yeah uh ta4 this was oh by the way i don't know if i brought this up last week i decided i was doing a uh a thing where every trade i make in a trade addicts league i'm going to donate a dollar To fantasy cares at the end of the season after the fantasy championships. I wish I thought of this earlier because I would have something to compare it to. Last year, from the MFL rollover of like halfway through February to the halfway through February, like, you know, from rollover rollover to rollover, I made 186 trades. Oh, I'm
0: so jealous.
1: There's there's 10 TA leagues. I'm also in like 20 something leagues, but um, that's amazing. So, Right now I think I'm up to four or five dollars. I can't remember anymore. Five I'm up to five dollars so far. Um but I only started this two weeks ago. Um so this one is number four. Uh trade addicts four, by the way. And this oh, I was talking about this on the show last week. I ended up training trading Trey Lance and Romeo Doves. I combined Trey and Romeo by the way for a train that that's what just happened right there. Trey Lance and Romeo Dubs for a 24 first and a 25 second. The original offer I think was a 20, yeah, it was a 24 first and 24 third. And when he when I rejected that I sent a first I countered with Lance and Dubs for a first, second and third and he quickly rejected that. And every you know both Rocky and holy crap, I forgot who our guest was last week. It wasn't J. Mike, was it? I would feel so bad if it was J. Mike. Um, don't remember. Um, that's how much my memory is terrible. But they're both I can't like...
0: wait to listen next week when I'm forgotten.
1: You are. Uh, you're <laughs> lucky I remember. Your name's right there, and that's very helpful. That's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> um, and they're like, no, I would have just taken that. And I'm like, all right, well, let's try again. And, like, I don't want a third. That, that doesn't... I get that dubs isn't worth all that much, but to me... I want more than just a random first for Lance. And it's not super random because this dude's team's good. So I'm like, all right, what about a 25 second? And he just accepted it. And I was okay with it. I was absolutely okay with it.
2: I I love that last week's episode is titled, Y'all Remember Ruben?
1: Ruben! Y'all remember (laughs) Ruben? That's right. And if anyone knows what that is from, I will be your best friend. Because that is the most obscure, stupid line ever from a movie. I may have actually said it at some point on a... Oh, yeah, uh, I didn't actually – it was on one of the live streams for Fantasy Cares because someone's name was Ruben, and I said, y'all remember Ruben? And I went to say that any first person who tells me what that's from will get in, and then John starts yelling at me because he hates when I talk. But, you know, um, I think I may have actually said what it was from, but if anyone listening knows without Googling, because probably you don't even know if that would come up, what that no, is I,
0: I just googled it and like nine certain nine links down i still couldn't figure it out
1: <laughs> if i will absolutely just be your best friend forever uh so thoughts you two on lance and dubs for 24 first and 25 second
2: i, I think you got out of lance at a great price and and dubs in the second whatever but but I, I would rather have a 24 first than trey lance i know i'm in the wrong seat for that i know i'm supposed to yeah, I'm rocking this mantle. Of, I need to channel and be like, <laughs> Purdy is terrible. Trey Lance is the man. Trey Lance is basically Jalen Hurts, uh, but in a different uniform. Like, uh, but nah. I like. I was buying in on Trey Lance when he was quarterback seventeen. That's a great a great yes. acquisition cost. Like he he crested at quarterback like seven. In, in, up there. Yeah. Which is is wild. But that's, that's, but that's why you buy in at 17. But at this point, if I can get a first for him, like I'm not convinced that he ever really catches on as a starter in the NFL. I don't (laughs) think he does in San Francisco. I don't. And,
1: And at this point,
2: yeah. And, and it's really difficult as far as the NFL has come there is still this bastion of running quarterbacks are not real quarterbacks and it, and it's which is wild because you look at the success of Hurts you look at the success of Allen you look at the success of Lamar Jackson Russell Wilson like you look at all of these players who get things done with their legs and their arms but i still think there's that little Bit in the back of the mind of the nfl like if i lose with this guy i went against the grain and now now the coach's job is in jeopardy the the coach is now thinking outside the box and that's a good way to get pushed outside of this circle as opposed to well we can just shelf trey lance and get a, a pocket passer, or you know get the next guy and it'll be fine because you know the acquisition cost is already gone. It's it's sunk cost fallacy. If if you're still tying that first to Trey Lance at this point, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, year They're three, a like a lot
1: of first because they traded up together. Yeah, yeah. but the, but again, it, does, it doesn't it doesn't matter. matter. I'm no, just saying it's gone. It it's it's but it as we'll say how to put this politically correctly. Sports fans are not always the most rational thinking people. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> See. <laughs> This proves look at this. There's the guy's right here to prove my point. Yeah, it's it's gonna be rough for 49ers fans, and of course, I mean John Lynch won't suffer for a second for it, especially if Purdy does well, because if the team's winning, who gives a crap what they missed on? So yeah, I'm with you. I it's sad because again, I'm a way too nice of a person, and like this dude getting draft third or ish yeah. overall and like just kind of getting screwed out of his dream a little bit sucks. And like, I remember like kind of being into him as a player coming in and like, I wanted him to get his Like it just, yeah. And just in general, that sucks. Yeah. And, and... Against the
0: grain. And I'm going to say, I, I would take actually the Trey Lance side, assuming that I'm giving up what would pro- hopefully be a late 24 first,
1: assuming nothing crazy happens. This dude's making the playoffs. <sighs> that's
0: that's, what I, that's what I'm looking at, and you know what? I wasn't a Trey Lance guy initially. Not that I was off of him, but like you know, I, I didn't fully buy into the hype. And coming into three year year three, this is when I like to buy in the hype after he these these people have been shit on after they've fallen down the ranks. His draft well, that, that is that
1: is a post hype sleeper. You have to get with the lingo, man. <laughs> nah,
0: I'm tired of this lingo, man. It's just I, I mute I, half this lingo out of my Twitter feed. I've
1: despised life. the phrase post hype sleeper <laughs> since I first heard it. It is just. We're
2: going to have some
0: po- positive regression next. <sighs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love it.
1: How, how much tread do they have left on their tires? No, no, no. Uh-uh. What's their hairline look? Is their receding hairline? Their hairline receding? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: but yeah, like this guy, he was a over- third overall pick. He's only 23 years old. And he hasn't screwed up on the field enough, I think, to completely shut down. Like Baker Mayfield is still playing as a starting role. Sam Darnold is still getting opportunities. Zach uh, Zach Wilson will get chances over the next multiple years once the Jets move on because they're stuck. Like, I just think that I'm willing to roll the freaking dice. Will he be a great NFL quarterback? Probably not. But could he be great for fantasy for two, three years? If he luckily stays with the Shanahan system, I'm willing to bet on it.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, like, if you, you trade a first for him now, if he goes somewhere and becomes a starter, even if he's not great, you can get a second for him. Like, I mean, yeah. it's not that much of a... Again, it's a fallacy, but it's still not much of a sunk cost. Like if you want to, because I understand, like, it's really funny because like I understand, like, especially, you know, I play in a very specific way, Dynasty in general. Like I literally don't care about my lineups in the non-point scoring season. I traded Tua away. I only have one quarterback on that very competitive team right now, but I'm in a league where I know I could trade for a quarterback pretty quickly if I want one. So it doesn't matter to me most people can't think like that and i get it and that's fine just like no matter how much it's proven the sunk sunk cost fallacy is proven it, it doesn't matter some people that's just the way their brains are wired to think about it and while it might not be correct it's just the reality of the situation so i get it and while i won't feed into it i'll at least say i understand it but in that case, you're not losing too much by spe- spending a first now, especially a late first, and maybe getting a second later. You could have got Stafford for a second.
0: That's what I was going to point out, too. Like we're yes. paying money for uh, Mr. Brokenback Stafford over there. Like yeah, you know. Well,
1: that's like Eric over here trying to send me fields for, you know, and then trying to make the deal huge to get Wilson and Alave from you and know, I'm like, dude, I'm just I'd rather just send a second to go get a starting quarterback instead of, you know, trading all of this away. But that's besides the point. Our last trade speaking of, in trade addicts nine, which was my number five trade, um I have a rebuilding team, which most of my teams apparently are, which is not great for my wallet. Um but I got my twenty four second back by sending away Desmond Ritter. Which is exactly like it- it should be you. You're yeah. to get a starting quarterback, and I like it made perfect sense for both of us. I'm just like, it, oh.
2: it's a fine, it's a fine trade. The Ritter is the player that I would hold because I think I don't think you get much worse than a second for him anyway. If he's playing, and if he plays well, you might sneak into the the first range. But but that's like it's a good. It's this is for right now. If we're looking at it right now.
1: That's a good trade. Oh, that's that's all I do. Like I said, I don't look back and yeah. i am not think about it later. And especially if, like I said, I'm rebuilding. I don't know if my team is now bad enough to get the 101, but it should be an early second, and yeah, that might as well be a first. Right? That's how that works. <laughs> Close, yeah. enough. I'd sell them Close enough. I bought the crap
0: out of Heineke this offseason. Uh, kind of stashing them onto a lot of my dynasty leagues as more of that QB four, that injury extra depth piece. I think he starts more games than Ritter. I think Arthur Smith will be not quite playing for his job, but he needs to win games to continue to be a part of this rebuilding team. And I think Heineke gives them more electricity back there and more winning upside than checking to see if Desmond Ritter obviously won't be their franchise guy. They're either going for a quarterback next year or Kyler Murray, you know, something like that. They're not putting their hopes into a, what, fourth, fifth-round quarterback when they've spent multiple first round picks on a tight end, a wide receiver and running back. Fuck screw that. You are getting an established quarterback back there. Ritter is not the future. And that's where I'm sitting.
1: Yeah, I get it. And it's right. But that is the end of our show sheet. So that is going to be the end of our show. Thank you, Brian, for coming on. I hope you just had as much fun as I did. And if you didn't just shut your mouth and don't worry about it because it's about me and that's it. This is my show. That's what we do. Um, no, but seriously, thank you very much for coming on. I do hope you had fun. And before we do head out, why don't you remind everyone who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do? Uh,
0: like I said, I'm Brian Hartman. You can find me at too much underscore Brian on Twitter. Uh, I've got too much fantasy football, too much movie night, too much shenanigans, too much trash TV. If you're looking for anything within those fun spots um, all over the place, um, guys, I can't thank you enough for having, let me be a part of this. I, uh, I learned quite a bit. And yes. I got these feelings out that I'm not the only one
1: that is a trade addict. Oh, you would always have a home here. Um, our stuff, patreon.com slash trade addicts pod. You can hang us while we're recording. You know, I sat here most of the time talking to Eric and Corey, Frank. Oh, by the way. So Frank is here with us every single week telling me all of the news, all these things that I forget. He's going on vacation. He left for vacation today. He messaged me this morning with news, so I wouldn't miss it again. Like, that's how much I love this man. Like He is making my life so much easier. So thank you, Frank, and we missed you while we were recording. And thank you, Eric and Corey and Joe, for jumping in a little bit. Um, also, we have our uh, Discord chat, the Cool Kids Club, which is just a ton of fun. Um, but after that, most importantly, fantasycares.org slash donate. Go donate some stuff. Um We will be tweeting out tomorrow some auctions that we're starting up that will end at the expo. So you don't have to be at the expo to win these, but there might be a certain player we talked about a few times today's autographed jersey being up there. We we have No, we have a helmet (laughs) for him. Um, (laughs) So I guess I could spoil it because the auctions are going to start before I put this out. But we're going to have a Justin Jefferson, Amari Cooper signed jersey a custom-framed Jalen Hurts-signed jersey, and a Justin Herbert-signed mini helmet. These are all going to be... I have to tweet out the link tomorrow because it's from a site that we just started using, and I don't remember what the full link, the link is. But, yeah, so check out the Fantasy Cares Org Twitter... Well, at Fantasy Cares Org, the Twitter handle, where we will be tweeting them out and... If you are at the expo and you win, you get to hold it in everyone's face and be like, look, this is mine. I won unless you're flying home, in which case we'll just mail it to you because you're not going to want to bring that on the plane. (laughs) But on that note, I have recycling. I have some boxes to break down and an article I forgot I have to write. Oh, and also, if you were a patron of ours and were watching us record, you could see Peppa trying to steal treats out of that little football behind uh, Brian right now. And it is adorable. So, on that note, good night, everybody. Thank Thank
2: you for listening to the Trade Addict Podcast, a proud member
0: of the Dynasty Addict
2: Podcast Network.
0: Please follow your hosts
2: at Dynasty Haha and at Dynasty FS Addict. Please
0: subscribe,
2: rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast.
0: Poopy Pants, that is the best. <laughs> yeah.